When people around the country hear the words Groundhog Day, they probably think of Pennsylvania's Punxsutawney Phil. But here on Staten Island, borough residents have come to rely on their own furry friend who has proven to be even more accurate in predicting future weather forecasts. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advance Multimedia Specialist Jason Paderon to discuss the annual Groundhog Day ceremony at the Staten Island Zoo, starring the one and only Staten Island Chuck. Thanks for joining me today, Jason. You know, for our listeners who don't know, you're usually the one behind the scenes on the podcast. You're filming, you're recording, you're doing all the editing and the logistical stuff. Um, But, you know, today we have you on the other side of the mic. So what's that kind of been like for you? Well, obviously it wasn't planned. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't have uh, gone and shaved my mustache the way I did. (laughs) I tried to do this little Negan thing and it started to be a a little bit more Borat. Oh, my God. (laughs) But uh, I'm normally doing a lot of nitpicking in terms of making sure that it's aiming in the right direction. And um, it's going to drive me crazy throughout this thing. So we're kind of hoping for the best. Yeah, you're going to be on double duty this time. You're going to be here talking, doing the podcast, and then editing and putting together the podcast so it's going to be a lot of work for you on on uh you know in that regard but i'm glad normally i'm not slamming my head against the wall right do it twice as much now exactly yeah so but i appreciate you kind of stepping in and and helping us out here so we could uh so we could get this done so you know before we dive too deep into thursday's ceremony which you covered at the staten island zoo along with some of our other colleagues i wanted to just kind of ask you about your thoughts on Groundhog Day before you started working at the Advance. So, you know, we're both native Staten Islanders. We're both from here. We've known who Chuck is. We've known about the ceremony, but I didn't really realize how big of a deal it was (laughs) until I started working here and we do the annual coverage and we send out photographers and social media people and reporters and, you know, the news station show up with their big cameras and all of this kind of stuff. Um, So how have your thoughts on Groundhog's Day kind of evolved throughout the years? So when you're a kid, um, it's kind of like Santa Claus, where uh, it's it's really, really exciting. And then after a while, you kind of outgrow it. Now I'm a father. Um, I actually just came back from paternity leave. So um, a lot of it is, is now me thinking about it like, oh, I wish my, my daughter could experience it the way that I did. You know, it, for, for the young kids, it was one of those, it was one of the best things. And they brave the cold. Um, there's been colder days than this one. Um, it was 20 degrees today, but um, there have been times where it's been way colder and uh, they've braved the, the temperatures and had hot cocoa and whatnot. Obviously, it's a little different, and, and I guess we'll get into that a little bit later, but I guess COVID kind of changed a lot of things. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into that, but I think you make a great point on in terms of the having kids kind of changing your experience with it, right? Because, you know, I, I've covered this before in the past, which we're going to get into a little bit, but you go there, it's super cold, and these little kids are all jumping around. It's they're singing so the silly little song that they, they have for Chuck, <laughs> and they're, you know, Mommy, Mommy, I can't wait. Look at the groundhog, and the parents are like, Ugh. But, you know, they right. do it for the kids. And so uh, it, it isn't really that type of event. So it's it's sad, and we'll get into this too, that they haven't really been able to bring it back in full force yet like they have in the past. But it, it is one of those types of things where, like, you love it when you're a kid. You grow up a little bit, and you're like, oh, what are we doing here? And then you're like, oh, now my kids would really like that. They can exp- Yeah, exactly. Yep. It does come full circle like that. So let's talk a little bit, and you mentioned this, about what it's like to cover 
Groundhog Day. So I've drawn the assignment in the past. It's almost kind of like a rite of passage here at the advance. We always send like the, the people who, have no, who don't know any better. <laughs> right, yeah, so. <laughs> or the people who are new hires. Sometimes there's an right. intern out there mixed in to help out, um, which, I, which I always think is funny. Um, but you know, it's a very early start. It's it's often very cold, um, but usually, you know, it's a cute ceremony and it's a fun assignment, all things considered, when you think about some of the other types of things we have to do here at the, right. at the paper. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of your, your past experiences covering the event and, and kind of what that's been like? So let me start with, I'm not a morning person at all. Same. So, and, and now I'm, you know, coming from a little bit further away. I used to live right by there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I grew up in the bottom of uh, like Toad Hill area. Area. Mm-hmm. So it's only like a five minute drive. Now I'm coming from Jersey. Now I have my daughter. I have to make sure she's babysat. So what that means is it's an extra hour or so on on top of what it would normally be. Um, so my brain doesn't wake up until, you know, noonish. Until so, after the ceremony. Right. <laughs> usually. And then you just kind of hope for... Uh, the, hope the, you came <laughs> back with some good photos. <laughs> you, you go through the cadence and hope that everything kind of worked itself out. Um, but it is very cold. It's no matter what it is, it, it's it's pitch black. It's pitch black when you get there. You you enter through like a back gate kind of thing, so it's not like through the front entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's a little different that um, when when it was open and full to the public. But you know, it was a back gate thing today. I, I walked in with uh, Shana McLawrence. We got yelled at by a couple of uh, bald eagles. That was the first. That was our experience. We're like, oh, okay, that's, that's that'll there. wake you up. Yeah, that's there, and that's the first thing you're staring at. But then we worked our way around, and then um, you know you waited for the ceremony to kind of come around. Like I mentioned, I've covered this in the past, and and you know our editors usually tell us to be there around five thirty in oh, the morning, yeah. right? Which is crazy. I mean, the ceremonies usually starts around seven, so I understand when it, it, it never starts on time either. Well, no, nothing ever starts right. on time in New York City. Even the groundhog is late. Um, yeah. So, and the mayor doesn't even show up anymore. Usually, the mayor is the one that people are waiting on but we don't even have him no, showing I don't up think, anymore i don't think that after after that whole debacle and now we mock it over and over again, yeah yeah um I, I don't know if there's any benefit now there's only there's you can only make it worse right right you, right. Can, you can't repair that yeah and we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit later too but you know just from my experiences you know you're getting there at, at about 5 30 in the morning it's it's the beginning of february so it's dark it's cold it's pitch black as you say um i remember the first time i drew the assignment it was actually like it, it was less than 10 degrees outside. And so I'm just waiting there, um, you know, finally get in, finally try to set up, get your little spot. Um, then, you know, of course, the TV camera crews show up late and they try and take your spot from you. They're jostling for position right. with their cameras because their job is apparently more important than ours, uh, in their minds at least. Um, so it really is kind of like, uh, it, it's tough in that regard. It's early, it's cold, it's whatever it is, but then, you know, they've got the hot chocolate. They've usually, you know, again, not right now because of the current circumstances, but they usually got all the kids around. Everybody's bundled up. Everyone's having a good time. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a tough assignment in, in some ways, but in other ways, it's just kind of a fun thing fun thing to do. But, you know, we, we, we talked about this. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit, but over the past few years, the zoo's been forced to kind of alter the experience and the ceremony because of the, pa- uh, the pandemic. So uh, can you walk us through kind of like... What do we? I think actually you had mentioned that you uh, covered the last Groundhog's Day before the pandemic, yep. right? So in 2020, right in yep. 2020, which was just you know a couple was, of weeks, was, yeah, months couple weeks. before that that started uh, really uh, you know breaking out. And so, uh, what are kind of the the key differences between how the ceremony used to be back in the day and then what they've kind of had to do over the past few years? Well, 
I think uh, I'm, I'm keep in mind I was I was still bright eyed and bushy tailed then. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was yeah. Still freelancing, and it was like um, it was before my my other job at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I jumped at the the opportunity, and I think the first thing when when you're walking in and you see all the kids really really excited and they have their little you know Chuck dolls and, and things like that, it, it changes like your your tone. When you're looking uh, much like right now, like normally, I'd, you'd at least be talking to a person back there, but we're kind of staring into a wall. Right. Um, it's a lot of that. So a lot of it kind of feels like it becomes like a show, um, mm-hmm. like you're doing it for a live stream. Obviously, there's cameras there. Um, from my perspective, the cameras, the cameramen are always in the way. It makes it always very in- inconvenient for trying to get multimedia and, and uh, photos and video. They, they sectioned us off this time and, and it was in a different section than it normally is. Normally it's just wide open in front of, uh, I guess it's, what, what's, what's the normal area? The children's? Uh, yeah, kind of in the back by, that back entrance that you had mentioned. You right. kind of go in that back Broadway entrance and you make the right and there's that bigger kind of plaza that, right. over there where it was they, not they usually hold it. No, <laughs> it, it yeah. was not that today. And they brought you guys right over to the actual Groundhog right. exhibit, right? Yep. And, and it was right next to a fountain, too. So, um, I, I mean, we were all huddled up in one section. And I saw some of the comments coming in on the Facebook Live. It's like uh, they hear the fountain. They're like, turn it away. Oh, it's, my God. It's like we really don't have too many options there. So. Yeah. As far as the ceremony goes, I mean, I think that it, it was missing an element without the kids, without the music. Um, it just felt a, a little bit different, you know, and, and it's the best that they can do. But it's hopefully not one of those things that's just going to fall. To, you know, it's like, oh, we, we did it this way. You know, it didn't cost us money or anything like that. Resources, it's kind of a thing that we can kind of just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that's not the, the route it's going. It looks like there's optimism that it's going to kind of go to the go back next year. So that's what they they were talking about. This is kind of the last time that we have to, to kind of put up with this stuff. We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisey, a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested 10 years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Sarah Gannam, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to the Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like it's got to have, you know, lost some luster in that way, right? Because in the past, not only were they, you know, inviting in some of the local school kids that helped to track uh, the weather in the coming days, which we're going to talk about, but they also, I mean, it was legitimately open to the public. People Mm -hmm. could just show up. And so there were times when I was first covering it back in, uh, you know, 2018, I think was was one of the ones that I had covered where there are hundreds of people there, like legitimately. And now it's kind of sad that you're seeing, you know, the, the current state of affairs that they have to do it with you know limited people just whoever that they invite essentially to to be there for the ceremony so it doesn't have the same kind of feel to it i would imagine right. as it has in the past but tell me a little bit more about uh about thursday's ceremony who was there what were people talking about and and you know lastly and maybe most importantly what did chuck have to say about the upcoming weather <laughs> well so um ed, ed burke i i feel like He's bade for this. I think he has this this date circled on his calendar. Oh yeah, he's Mr. Groundhog. I yeah, think. he 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 wasn't short on on his uh, Groundhog puns. Um, obviously, every just about every politician came in there and mentioned the De Blasio debacle because um, it's the most famous thing. I mean, 
unfortunately, I mean, I guess it, in some ways it might have been the best thing to happen to the uh, the groundhog because now it gets extra attention when it typically wouldn't have. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Ed Burke, who is at all of these types of events. He really eats up uh, all of the animal content I yeah. found on Staten Island. He's always got a good pun for you. He actually, I believe, wrote a children's book, right, about... Uh, I, I didn't know that. Oh, actually. really? Yeah, I think it's called... Uh, I have to... It, don't fact check me on this guy. Uh, it's something along the lines of like Sunny Day and this that like the girl's name is Sunny Day and she's keeping track of the weather and it's like a little kid's picture book and it features Staten Island Chuck and when I was there in, in 2018, 2019, whatever it was, they were showing some things. They were selling it in the zoo bookstore. So that is something that he is obviously very passionate about. But I'm curious, were there other kind of elected officials there? And, and you know, uh, as we mentioned, we did not see the mayor, which is not surprising. Right. But, uh, who else was in attendance uh, for Thursday's event? Charles Fall was there, Councilwoman Camilla Hanks, um, uh, Councilman Carr, uh, Assemblyman Tenusis, and, uh, you know, and, and obviously um, Ed Burke. So yeah, that's from actually the borough president's office. Yeah, pretty good turnout. And um, so, what 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 did they have to say, or rather, what did Chuck have to say about about the weather? I mean, we've had, uh, you know, we had this long streak of no snow that finally came to an end earlier this week. With just, you know, we got like a half an inch, but I guess right. that counts. And then it was gone. And then it was gone yeah. immediately. Um, but you know, we've had generally, you know, unseasonably warm weather up until this point. Real lack of snow. So, w what did Chuck have to say? Does he think that that's going to continue? Are we going uh, with an early spring here? Well, as opposed to um, his, his uh, Pennsylvania partner there, um, he's, he's calling for an early spring. He has a, a streak of 13 straight successful predictions, which uh, might be controversial. I think the school is disputing uh, one, of, one of the years along those lines, but, but generally speaking, he's accurate about 80% of the time, mm -hmm. according to the zoo, as opposed to uh, Punxsutawney Phil, did I say that right? Yeah, Punxsutawney Phil. Punxsutawney really Phil. a mouthful. <laughs> right. Who's who's less than fifty percent? Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that Punxsutawney Phil is at like thirty nine percent. At, at or that point, like just give that. it up, right? <laughs> Why are we still doing <laughs> this, right? But no, yeah, Chuck has had this kind of incredible record. Whether you you know what your thoughts on how accurate he is or, or who's making these decisions here, if Chuck's really the one making <laughs> the calls, but um, they do say that Chuck has been accurate about eighty percent of the time. And this is dating back to 1981. So this right. is, it's not a small sample size here. No, it's not like it was like four out of five. This is, you know, decades of prognostication. So they say, you know, that's, that's another thing. This is the only day of the year you I ever heard people use the word <laughs> prognosticator. I've, 364 days a year, it does not get used. But then on Groundhog Day, it's everywhere. Well, there, there's your challenge for uh, another one of your transit articles. Right, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to fit it into something List else. Listeners of doing. the podcast will, will appreciate it when right. they see it and they're there. gonna see it and be like oh, there it is there's the reference but yeah he's been very accurate with it and you know in in the past they've worked with some of the um younger students across the borough to kind of track whether or not he was right or wrong um and so can you tell us a little bit about you know that partnership and and you know how that's worked the ways that they've kind of determined whether he was accurate or not well i mean they, they use a basic thermometer and they, they said how many days over uh, 40 degrees and that and they they calculated it that way um, they're they're stepping it up this year they have actually uh, an AP environmental class from Susan Wagner who just got a um, a weather center kind of uh, put together I'm pretty sure they're using it for much larger 
projects than this. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they're they're doing it the same exact way and tracking it. And, and on March 20, or when it, whenever the uh, first day of spring is, yeah, March 20, mm-hmm. um, they're going to, you know, tally it and see, see who is right. So... Yeah, and so I, I guess technically in that way, um, if you're doing it based on regional weather and stuff, there are chances that Punxsutawney Phil and Chuck could be right. I mean, if you if, think, if right? Chuck if Chuck is right based on you know if on Staten Island it's above forty degrees thirty out of the forty days, then he's right. But what about if in Pennsylvania it was below forty <laughs> degrees for that many days? So then are they both right, even though they had different predictions? I, I mean, it's really just put them together and let them fight it out. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, it's not really meant to be the most scientifically accurate thing in right. the world, but it's something that's fun and it's something that's uh, you know cute for the kids and it's been obviously a big um, a big annual tradition here and so uh, I'm curious kind of what is what would you say is your your favorite part of uh, Groundhog Day at, at the Staten Island Zoo I have a couple in mind myself but I'll, I'd like to let so, you go first I mean I was big on um, what was I mean the, the guy who just passed away um, I don't know how long ago but John Franz Reb the um, when he would play the uh, the horn mm-hmm. um, and he would you know, decked out in that that red suit and the hat and uh, to me that always stood out uh, every single time, and you know, unfortunately, that he, he passed away, and that that's gone. So that even when they come back to that full, you know, thing, it's to me, it's going to be missing something. It's going to be missing an element. Um, I thought that that was like one of those cool things because it really made it feel like an official ceremony, something different. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I had uh, in my mind one which we had kind of mentioned already, but is all of uh, Ed Burke's puns. I yeah. mean, <laughs> those always make it for me. He is very good at what he does. Um, and then the other one, which we also missed out on oh, this you're, you're, year. You're going to bring up the song. Oh, I'm going to bring wait, up the I song. I was waiting for the song, but I think it might have been on the live stream. Oh, maybe. So, they probably played it. Okay, so yeah. for, for our listeners who are not aware, Staten Island Chuck has his own song. I can attach a YouTube. If, if it's, on, it's on YouTube? Oh, yeah, it's on I'll YouTube. I'll attach a YouTube for Yeah, it'll be in the, in the show notes. I was going to advise everyone to go check it out. It is hilarious. It, it gets stuck in my head all the time. Me and my coworkers, um, we used to play it in the office when we would get back from the ceremony because it was just so silly and catchy. It's, you know, this local musician who does, you know, kids music. He, he plays at birthday parties and stuff like that. Uh, I think his name's Patrick. I believe the, the full band is Patrick and the Rockabilly Band instead okay. of the Rockabilly, you know. Uh, but it is, it's, it's very good content. It's so silly. And I, I would highly recommend that people check that out. Um, and that's his day i mean it's it's him and him ed burke and chuck those are the right those are the big ones that you take away that day what do they have right so let's you know we've mentioned this obviously throughout the podcast and to no surprise because this is the big thing everyone thinks about with groundhog day on staten island now but we had the drama with uh with mayor bill former mayor to be clear former mayor bill de blasio in 2014 where he goes to the ceremony He's supposed to be, you know, holding the the, the groundhog. <clears throat> the groundhog kind of squirms out of his hands. Also, right. de Blasio is wearing these very silly oven mitt looking <laughs> things because actually in 2009. I think he always wears those, but just right. uh, it just happened to be he was picking up a groundhog. That yeah. Day. No, the reason he had to wear them was because in 2009 when Bloomberg was mayor, he tried to kind of coax 
Chuck out of his cabin and Chuck bit him on the hand. Right. And so then the zoo is like, okay, we gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta protect the mayor. So let's give him these big oven mitts that say Staten Island Zoo on them. So then de Blasio's holding the groundhog, it squirms a little bit, he drops the groundhog, uh, and then a few days later the groundhog dies. And so the zoo actually has to release a statement saying that it's unlikely that the groundhog died as a result of the drop. <laughs> but, you know, de Blasio was never really able to shake those allegations. No, He's For the rest of his tenure as mayor, I feel like the two things that Staten Islanders remembered him for were dropping the groundhog and eating pizza with the fork and knife. Those are the only two things. Once he did that... Where I used to work, by the way. Oh, wow. That's Staten Island for you. It's a very small world. But it it was funny because I just went to this... I saw Staten Island, the musical, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know about it, but it was narrated, or the narrator is the ghost of Chuck. Oh, really? That that de Blasio dropped, yeah. I did not know that. That's very funny. It was actually very funny. And then the other thing is that it wasn't actually Chuck. That was the other thing. Well, it's, it's... yeah. Well, it's like uh, Santa, it's not really Santa, right? Right. It's oh, like sorry. when you right. yeah, it's like when your kid's uh, cold fish passes away and you yeah. go put another one in the in the bowl <laughs> before he realizes. Um, but yeah, so it actually it was a it was a different Charlotte. groundhog, Charlotte. Yes, a female groundhog who was standing in for Chuck. And the only reason any of this came out was because of the whole dropping incident. Like people were the scandal gets released. The, the, the New York Post is reaching out to the zoo with with interview requests and they're doing all this stuff. So it was just such a silly kind of crazy thing that happened obviously r.i.p charlotte right, right we don't want course. any we don't want any dead rodents here unless you know it's a rat and it's mayor adams <laughs> in which case i actually saw a very good tweet today it was like you know mayor eric adams he talks all this stuff about wanting to kill the rats and he had a great opportunity to kill a rodent today and he didn't show up <laughs> they can't make up their mind right yeah pick up pick a lane but <laughs> But so, yeah, that that's something that is I feel like is always on people's mind. Were there any references to that in today's ceremony? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the, I guess the new people, they're, they're not from here. So I had to explain this. I was trying to, you know, brief them between Priya, who wrote the article, and, and Shana. And I'm explaining, the first thing I mentioned was the de Blasio thing. And then they're like, are you sure it's going to be mentioned? I'm like, it's going to be mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Especially now that he's out of office. Right. I feel like in the past, people were like a little hesitant no. to make the no, joke. Satin Island never held back. On That's fair. Yeah, it's a full so. send at this point. But hopefully nothing, you know, nothing that crazy, you know, went on on Thursday, right? Although I I know that there were kind of some challenges that you and and some of our reporters were kind of experiencing due to kind of the the different setup that they had going on. You want to talk a little bit about that? Hopefully that was the last time it was in that, you know, that area. Um, you know, a lot of times we're, we're kind of limited, and especially when, when there's more national attention or, you know, local attention, when other news stations start to pop up, mm-hmm. they start to, you know, box us out. And uh, it, it's kind of first come, first serve, and then, you know, that sometimes that doesn't mean anything because they have to get the reporter in there. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it was definitely challenging when you're at the mercy of their live stream. So I'm literally staring at their videographer on one side and it, all to make their live stream perfect. You know, you, you kind of roll with it, and that's kind of the job, right? So. Yeah, exactly that. I imagine that you were still able to get uh, some good shots in there, and, yeah. and and kind of the our reporters were able to get all the the stuff that they need. But it can be difficult, especially when you know, as you said, they were holding it in a smaller space. You've got a lot of people there. Uh, they were shooting it. The zoo themselves were shooting it for the live stream, right? And then you have all the news outlets, and you have, uh, you know, we had what three or four people there just 
on right. our own as we, the we admins. We set the full court press over. Right. Um, and then, uh, I mean, on another note, and, and I mentioned this uh, earlier with, with Shayna, um, I guess when you when you watch it on like Fox or, or something, um, they, they don't, you know, you watch it on TV, they don't necessarily have the opportunity to like react. So if it's, you know, if something's weird's happening, if there's weird sounds like in the background, they, they don't get a chance to react, but they were not holding back on Shayna. <laughs> um, I, I saw it. Sometimes I felt bad. They're like, "Get closer!" I can't hear it. It's like we can't really do anything. Want me to throw my phone? I don't know. Right. Well, yeah. That's kind of you know people don't always understand the limitations of our jobs right. in some ways, right? So it, it, I'm sure it can be difficult for her, someone who's kind of filling in to help out on the social side of right. things, to be doing our you know Staten Island Advance live stream on our Facebook. I imagine it was right. Yeah. Um, but and especially then to be especially on their phone because you don't have like you know the long lens or anything. Yeah, so you don't have pull those. Closer. Or microphones. Yeah, they're like, can you go closer? You try and zoom in and you just get a grainy, like, right. eight bit groundhog in there. I don't think. The, you get the NES version. Yeah, you can't even, well, you can't even see the shadow, <laughs> let alone him see his own shadow. It, it's a silly kind of event, but it's it's something that Staten Islanders have been doing for a very long time and people tend to enjoy. It. And so I'm hoping that, you know, in the next few years, we can kind of get back to that full open to the public um, event that, that we had kind of grown accustomed to. And then hopefully one day you can take your kids there as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, Jason. And I look forward to, uh, you know, yeah, I usually say I look forward. Yeah, I usually say <laughs> that I look forward to having you back on soon. And maybe that will happen. But I, what I really want <laughs> is to have, you know, our normal guests and to have you behind the camera doing what you do best. Easier for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Easier for all of us. Well, thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit SILive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.